The following is a presentation of Uninterrupted Canada. Welcome to the Benny and Bo Show with your hosts, Ben Hebert and Bo Levi Mitchell. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the fifth episode. Man, am I pumped to be back. Brought to you by none other than DraftKings. We haven't got fired yet. We have, we're still here. We're killing we're it. We're doing something, right? Hey, last week, we had on Kyle Lowry. We had on Doug Flutie. Okay, a little double banger there. Uh, it's not going to happen every single week. And by the way, that is still up on YouTube. If you want to watch it, if you want to go listen in your car, Apple, Spotify. Uh, but this week. We got a little lucky again this week. We were usually just trying to go in for one guest. But later in the show, we just finished Wimbledon. So we're bringing in Milos Raonic. But the first guest we have today, I'm stoked about as an Olympian. I always get the old heartstrings pulled, you know, the Olympic family. We got Penny Alexiak coming on. I cannot wait to talk to her. But first, a lot of action going on in the world of sports these days. We got some stuff to break down. What's been going on? And there's tons. We can't break it all down. We got to pretend like we know what we're talking about running a sports podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know why I have to bring this up, but uh, as, a, as a hockey person, I'm a, obviously a huge hockey fan. <laughs> The uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay takes it back to back. Tampa Bay winning back to back. It just seemed like everyone knew it was going to happen. If you look at all the hockey experts, they're so deep. They're stacked. They pulled a little fancy negotiating with the salary cap. I saw they benched Kucherov to make sure he was hurt coming through back to backs tough. I don't know if they're going to be able to go for the three bagger because I think they're probably going to lose a bunch of guys. My it, favorite part, my favorite part. I had two favorite. Parts. One Montreal getting there was good for Canadians. It was good. Right. And there's a million hat fans everywhere. But wait, my favorite part was your favorite part. The interview. Kucherov's <laughs> interview after the cup. Like, Shirt off. Hockey guys are so chill. Like, and they're very reserved. They keep it tight, you know, off the glass and all. They don't say a lot of dumb stuff. They keep it together, right? Kucherov comes out after he wins the cup. Bud Light, no tarp. He's calling out Vegas. He's calling out like Marc-Andre Fleury. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, <laughs> and when he's saying like that's a joke, he dropped the old number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. And in his Russian accent, it's the best. So I think the next time I say like I'm mad about something or it's a joke, I'm dropping number one bullshit. That's right. going to be my go-to. Next time I drive at 3.30 and then hit it 20 yards short of the green, that's what I'm going to say. Number one bullshit. <laughs> um, another one, I definitely, this one's close to my heart. Uh, the NCAA players finally getting their due is going to get paid. That, that is sick. Like, to me, I mean, I was an NCAA athlete, okay? So I didn't, um, I never got paid, obviously. Uh, I did go to SMU. I know they used to pay their athletes, but back in my day, they didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, man, you know what? It's like, I got my school paid for, my housing's paid for, my books are paid for. Like, I never felt, I never felt poor. You know what I mean? Like, I never felt, but I did struggle every single month. Like, it was having to budget a small amount of money in order to be able to eat out, do things, you know, as a as an athlete, as a college student, you're going out. So you're budgeting a lot, but Hey, like how, uh, how do you feel about athletes getting paid? And what are your thoughts? I want to hear from somebody that wasn't in the NCAA. Sure. Well, I mean, I went to university for six months, so that didn't pan out for me, but I would say this from athlete perspective, if you're going down and you're the one selling the jerseys and you're putting the butts in the seats and you're making the university, all that money and they're keeping it for whatever, who knows the rainy day fund. I do believe some of that should go to the athletes. I think uh, a big part of it too is, some athletes peak in college. Like some of these athletes that are big, big dogs in college and they go to the NFL or they go to the NBA, they might have their best years in college. So if those are your best years and those are your prime and you're selling out stadiums and you get to a big major sports league and you're a bus, yeah. you don't get to make your money. Why shouldn't you be able to make your money when you're selling out stadiums? Yeah. I think that's awesome. And you know what else I think it really helps? I think it helps, you know, from my perspective living in Canada, I know we talked about this off air, but you can fill me in. When I see the big, big athletes that are really profiled on TV uh, and and Al Alabama football, yeah, Alabama football, Texas basketball, LSU baseball, all that yeah. stuff. I think if you start looking down at like women's softball, which I love, cannot wait to watch in Tokyo. Great sport. Rowing, cheerleading, all these other sports that athletes don't get profiled. I think now if you're able to pay these athletes, I mean, it's still going to be the top ones in the game that get the money. I think they're going to okay. do some cake thrown so their he, way. Here's an interesting fact for you. Think about this. Um, if it is your, your technically your income, right? You're now, so basically, if you don't know the news, I mean, you shouldn't by now, but if you don't, it's basically that the athlete can now make a name, make money off his name or his likeness. So the interesting thing is, does it help schools who are in states that don't have state income tax? Do all of a sudden some of those schools, your Texas, Texas A&M, some of your Florida schools, do all of a sudden those become 
oh wow, like if I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars from DraftKings, do I want to go to, you know, let's not to say Alabama Clemson because if you can play in a Power Five school, you're gonna play in a Power Five school. But uh, let's say you're going, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame, or you can go to Texas. Do I go to Texas now or those three schools because now I'm not paying state income tax? Well, dude, I think it's even a bigger conversation in pro sports because look at all the teams in Florida right now cleaning up winning championships. I don't think it's fluke why all the big athletes are going down there, especially towards the Tom Brady. You know, look at all the guys on the Lightning that are stacked. Not only are they getting paid the most money, they're making the most money. Yeah. They're taking home the most money. You know, another thing I saw last week that I, we haven't talked a lot about baseball. I love baseball growing up. I played baseball growing up. I'm a big Jays fan. Yeah. Jays are kind of, they're hanging around, they're flirting, right? This uh, Shohei Otani dude oh, with the Angels, what is what is wrong with this guy? Man, like, I used to think I could pitch and hit, and, you know, you always wonder, like, oh, I wonder if I'll be able to do it as I move up in baseball, because I always thought I'd go play college baseball. And my, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I could pitch, but I wasn't the best hitter in the world. But my brother could throw 93 miles an hour, and he was hitting them, you know, 100, 100 feet over the fence. He's hitting grand slams, hitting home runs. I think this starts to open the door for more teams to allow players to, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay you $20 million a year, $24 million a year, whatever it might be. But now I'm not only getting to see you once every five games to come in to throw six, seven innings. In between those games, now you're coming up and you're hitting for me. You're batting 330 hitting home runs, leading the league in home runs. Like If you can find some pitchers that can do it, why would you not let him out there? Hit? I've seen guys like Gretzky. I use him as an example because I've heard him say a million times, let all the kids play all the sports until later on. You know, Let them develop different athletic skills, move their body different in all these games, rather than sports don't, specialization. Yeah, don't pigeonhole them into no. a... And baseball might be the worst for it because if you're a good pitcher at 15, they're like, okay, five days off, ice your arm, you're not hitting. I remember growing up, shout out North Regina Little League in Saskatchewan, all the guys that pitched were the best players, and they could mash, too. Like I remember going to pitch, and if, if the other team's pitcher got off, I'm like, oh, God, this guy's going yard on me. But as soon as you get older <laughs> and you start getting good, they pigeonhole you into something. So I wonder if this guy maybe changes the narrative a little bit for, you know what? If these guys can do it all, let them do it all. And a little bit of research here, because, you know, I love to do my little research. This guy signed a two-year you're deal. Fi you're finally learning. I'm finally learning. Two years, $8.5 And, hey, I take that deal, those juicy little cake. When he goes to negotiate his next contract, he's running a 3.39 ERAs, 4 and 1, and he has 33 dingers. Dude, he got voted into the All-Star game as a pitcher. He's in the derby. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we need to make sure that we explain and I, I just not understate how big of a deal it is what he is doing. You know what I mean? I, I know we're talking about like, oh, it's going to open the door for other people to do it cuz there's, there's other pitchers out there that can hit. He is better than Babe Ruth in every every sense of the word. He's and guess what? I know all the old ba baseball heads are like, oh, no, Bo, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, Shohei Itani is going to change baseball. This guy is going to be the guy for the next 10, 15 years in baseball. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm not, a, I'm not an Angels fan, but he's like must-watch TV. But guess what? So I'm into I'll it. be ordering a jersey. Yeah, he's sick. We should maybe get his up here. We'll call him. He'll probably be our next guest on the show. You never know. We'll get a jersey By the way, here. Shohei, if you need an uh, agent, I only take 3%. <laughs> I'll help you out on that next contract. We got one more thing we got to talk about. The Olympics are coming up. Finally, let's go. I know. I'm, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. You're American. You probably cheer for you know, red, white, and blue, but I, I'm, I'm proud Canadian. I, time. Let me, let, me, let me clarify that. Okay, I do cheer for America. I, obviously, I, I assume they're going to win. That's the cocky American coming out <laughs> of me. Holy shit. But here's the thing. I promise you, when, when Penny's in the pool, okay, when I'm watching anybody wearing the maple leaf, I'm pulling. I like I'm it. pulling for him. Let's go back to what happened to your American sprinter last week. Yes. Bit, of, bit of a brutal story. Shakari Richardson. Yes. Yes. Terrible. For those of you who don't know, Man. failed the drug, drug test. It was not a performance-enhancing drug. It was, it was marijuana. She came clean, said, yeah, she was doing it. She's going through a tough time. Let me get your thoughts on that. I, I, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I think what gets me the most is that people are saying doping. And I'm like, okay, well, listen, when I think of doping, I think of anything that is enhancing the performance of the person using it. Um... To me, that's what she did is not that. You know what I mean? Like, I understand. It's against the rules. I get it. And she admitted to it. She said, hey, you know what? I know the rules. I did wrong. She has been a shining light in this whole moment. She has said everything exactly what, the way she should say it. She has been amazing. All the athletes in the world are backing her up. It, it just, for me, and I know I, I don't want you to speak on this necessarily because yeah, you have to go there uh, in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, to me, the Olympic Committee has to catch up with the rest of the world. 
you know, just the way the NCAA just did with money. You know, you have to understand, like, it's, it's legal in 19 states. It's legal in Canada. We can go down, you know, to the corner store and grab something if we want to. Not that we will, but I'm just saying, like, it, yeah, is, uh, it is readily available, and it is not seen as the way it was seen. It is up here, if you see somebody smoking marijuana as they're walking on the street, you look at it as like it's a beer or something. You yeah, know what I mean? Like that's, right. So when I see that, I feel for her because I've done nothing but swipe up on Instagram and just watch her run sprints. And then I watch the girl from uh, Jamaica. I don't have the name off the top of my head. And I've just been sitting here waiting for these two to go against each other. Yeah. And that, now we don't get to see it. That's my thing. So fan of the Olympics, there's so many sports that uh, only really shine and you get to see all the stars every four years. I have a whole bunch of Olympic friends in the winter games that they're like, Ben, you're lucky. Curling's on TV all the time. But their sports aren't. You know, so they train their asses off. Four years, their moment. And I want to see, like as a fan, I want to see best on best. That's so funny because the first time I saw Curling on TV, I was like, why is this on TV? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not saying it's the fastest, most. It's just, it's a good, hey, we get fans, people pay money, it's on the tube. But that's what I'm choked about as a fan, not being able to watch her run. I want to see best on best. So now, yes. you know, when we're, now everyone's going to tune into that race, be like, is there a little asterisk here, blah, blah, which sucks. But I'll what? You know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to move forward. Olympics are still going to be great. And you know who's going to be at the Olympic Games? And who does have a bit of a race on her hands. She's got a few races on her hands. Our guest today, she dominated the 2016 Summer Games. She picked up four Olympic medals, the only swimmer to ever win that many in one games. The youngest Olympian to win gold for Canada. And she's going back to try to run it back in Tokyo in two weeks' time, Penny Alexiak, welcome to the Benny and Bo Show. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I am good in Vancouver, stuck in my hotel room. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> she, she didn't like all the. I can tell she's reserved. You did not like the accolades. She we she would have just rather brought her in. It's it's weird to me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I kind of just like it when someone's like and. Here's Penny. If people don't know me, I kind of like that. <laughs> I love it. Well, we've never met before, so I had to read off all the goods you did for the for Canada the last games. I got a question for you. I won the Olympics in 2010. Come back to Regina. It's like... Slight flex. Yeah, a little bit of a flex there. Uh, come back to my hometown. It's like free meals. Uh, no lineups anywhere I wanted to go. Free this, free that. What was the coolest thing you got to do Ooh. after the 2016 roller coaster you went on? I honestly don't even know. I got to do so many random things. Like I went to Kenya with my family and we like built schools with we uh, went to so many concerts. I've met so many crazy people. I honestly don't even know. I've done so much cool shit. Honestly. <laughs> oh my God. You're I, such a better person than Ben. Hey, Ben's like, I get free subway. No. I get free smoothie. She's like, I went to Kenya and built schools. You know, you know what was cool for me? The coolest thing for me is we went to Toronto for the Much Music Video Awards. And we were walking down the uh, the red carpet. Like, I don't go on red carpets. It was me, my teammate, John Morris. I remember Jonathan Paves was with us. Tessa Bonham off the women's hockey team. And like, we're walking up. And then right behind us in this car, they start driving up Miley Cyrus. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> they that were was like, the coolest thing I got to do. I they were like, sir, move out of the yeah, way, hey, please. Uh, we don't know who you are. Get, get next. But uh, hey, so you, go oh, ahead, Bo. Uh, yeah, so I have, I have one because as I was looking you up, there was something I saw and I thought it was interesting because I've kind of done this same thing. Um, in 2018, you took time away from the pool for a little bit. Now, I know during COVID, a lot mm -hmm. of athletes took time away. But 2018, you did it. Um, I want to know. Uh, as much as you want to tell us about it, why? And did it help you refocus for this upcoming Olympics? Um, I think it honestly didn't really do much leading up to this Olympics. Maybe it did, but uh, I was just in such a tough place at that time. And like, I wasn't enjoying swimming. There was so much pressure on me. I hated hearing my name at swim meets and people every time I got up for Hunter Free saying like Olympic gold medalist, Penny Lexiak, I hated that because I wasn't happy with how fast I was at the time. I wasn't winning medals at any meets. And I remember at our trials, I've literally said this before, but um, I was crying like every single day at our trials because I did not want to go to the meet in the summer. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't feel good. And I would go into the stands and then like little girls would come up and ask for photos with me. And I'd like just finished crying. And I remember one girl's mom came up to me and was like, Oh, my daughter was so sad because she thought she made you cry. I was like, no. And I felt even worse about it. Cried oh, more man. about that. And No, I'm just going, yeah, I'm just no, going through my own like, stuff oh, my right mom. now. 
Yeah, literally. And I was like calling my mom and she was just told me, she's like, you don't have to go to every single meet. Mm. And that's kind of when it clicked for me that it was like, Good job, mom. it's not mandatory, which was so weird to me. Cause before any time I did anything, I was like, I have to go to every meet. I have to represent Canada every chance I get. And taking that summer off, I went to St. Lucia with my sister. We had like the best time ever. We went to like a honeymoon suite at some random resort. <laughs> you, you and your sister did? It was so fun. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's sick. And it was all like couples on their honeymoon. And then me and my sister like just couples on massage. the beach. And it was a great time. <laughs> that's oh, good shit. Exactly. Man, that, that is awesome. First of all, good on you. Um, because obviously Naomi Osaka just did the same thing, pulling out of the tournament. I have to ask, when you saw that, were you kind of like, like good for you, girl? Like that's what I'm talking about. Like I, I think people don't realize when we win at a young age, uh we feel this pressure from everyone like oh my god they did this at what you did at 16 and, and age. You, yeah and you feel it forever yeah it, it doesn't go away and then they're like yeah. oh if that's what they're doing at this age how much better is it going to get so then it's like every meet oh penny's going to break this record she's going to do this so the pressure is just non-stop mm -hmm. and, and you're thinking like can i just go out and race yeah literally i mean honestly i feel like this has been such a big year for sports like you guys earlier were talking about like shikari richardson and with Naomi and everyone, it's just, I think athletes are finally taking a stand for themselves, which is huge. And I love to see that. Cause like, that's how I am. Honestly, I, I'm, I don't think I'm very outward about it. Cause I don't really like talking about a lot of things. I kind of just live my life, but um, I don't know. I love to see that. And I think it is really important for athletes to just realize that they are more than just an athlete, I guess. And that's something I've had to come to terms with a lot. And now I'm learning to just have fun with training. I honestly have kind of stopped caring about what other people think about everything that I'm doing. I'm kind of just hey. having fun, enjoying well, it. And welcome to the club. It makes training hey, better. You are, welcome to the club. You are wise beyond your years. <laughs> like, because when we're, when you're young, I mean, Penny, you went at 16. So I can't imagine that at 16, like, oh. I was in the grade 10. Like I was just trying to learn how to drive. So I, I won mm -hmm. the Olympics at 25. And then curling, yeah. that's young. My great cup was at 24. So you're doing yeah. eight, nine years before us. <laughs> and now and now you're expected to win the rest of your career. And if you don't, you fail. And that's a big burden. We talked about it with Mark McMorris. Well, and you but that's only in some people's eyes. You know what I mean? Like some people see us like like for me, like it was it was, oh, well, they're gonna go to the Grey Cup every year. And we did, and we lost. And they're yeah. like, oh, it's so disappointing. I'm like, yeah. we're, like, well, no, we're in the Grey Cup, we're doing the right things, like we just didn't finish the game. You know what I mean? Like But when you're young. And you read all the stuff about yourself, man. It's out there. Like, we're normal people. You're athletes. You read yeah. that stuff. It's like, fuck, these people are assholes. Yeah. What is wrong with these? Like, I know. Like, are they not, do they not have their other I'm, shit going on in their own life? But that, now that no, you don't, now that you don't, <laughs> hey, now that you don't care, you are in a good spot. Yes, that's right are. where you need to be. Yes. I, I hope I'm in a good spot. I don't know. I feel good about everything. I, I now, think you are. The best place I could be. <laughs> Speaking of being in a good place, your Olympic trials, was it last week or two weeks ago? Me and Bo actually watched it. We were watching it together at my house. And you put up an Insta post afterwards that said, count me oh out again. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. can, you, uh, can you elaborate on that and who that was towards and what that was all about? Because I loved it. Uh, you don't honestly, have to. You don't have I feel to. like it was... <laughs> I felt so dramatic afterwards. I remember I was sitting at home after I posted it. I was like, why the hell did I just post that? That's so dramatic. Like, count me out again. Wow. But um, uh, no, I think it was kind of just more directed at honestly, kind of everyone. Like, I remember over the last four years seeing so many like articles and comments and people like not talking about like Olympics and finals and not putting me in the final predictions and saying I'm not a medal contender, saying that I've fallen off. I've seen so many different things like that. So many times I feel like even with like sponsors and stuff where they're hesitant to sponsor me or they don't want to sponsor me because they think that I've fallen off. And I think people that know me know that I rise to the occasion. So the Olympics is like the ultimate. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Kind of swim I event, I guess. And I'm just like, count me out where I am. I guess they can only take two Australians. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got goosebumps when you're telling that story. I was just showing Bo. That was awesome. I love it. It's one of my favorite things when the athlete gets to clap back a little bit. I've done it a lot in my career. Sometimes it's been good. Sometimes it's bitten me in the ass. Um, <laughs> but it, it is. I think you're right. Like We get to show our stance. Like, no, I'm not just going to be a mascot and show up and entertain you uh, for your Saturday 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person, I'm intelligent. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. And I have thoughts and feelings about certain things going on in the world. And I'm going to let those, uh, come out every now and then. Exactly. I love that. So, um, you have, uh, you, we follow you on Instagram. Um, you know, yes. and, uh, so you're hanging out with Bianca. Yeah. Uh, y'all are really good <laughs> friends. Uh, we've seen you out there with Phelps a little bit, which by the way, I'm super jealous because I still remember that Olympics and I was watching nonstop. And which, which I got, one? Oh yeah. I got, I got the same feeling yeah. that I got when I watched you. So the, the, the hair on the back of the neck was standing up, but, um, like during this Olympics, is Phelps going to have that phone turned on so you can text him and get a little, uh, you know, pregame chat like, Hey, you got this, go get it. What's going on with that? If, if I'm being honest, I think he changed his number. And I don't think he's given it to me, which I'm annoyed about. So oh, new, new phone. Who this? Oh, that's Michael. A- I used to be able to call and text him. Now it's like, I'm like, Michael, if you're watching this, reach out. I need you. He's big He's big dogging you before the Olympics because he's cheering for the USA. That's why I was wondering if you had him on speed dial or if he, if he Hollywoods you during the Olympics. Seriously. Fuck that. Felsey. I think he might. Oh, that's funny. I think he might be. But... Well, Phelpsy, as a as a fellow American, uh, I tell you what, she's a good one. Make sure you get get that phone number <laughs> back to her. Exactly, Penny. What was your? Uh, I know I've I've been to a couple games. You're going to your second games now. What was your best? What was your favorite part besides winning uh, your Olympic experience in Rio? I honestly, I think it was like flying home and then flying back to Rio. I don't know oh if you know. Oh my god! I, I heard like, about this story. Yeah, what the right hell? after? Yeah. How many miles did you get for that? By the it way, was, <laughs> I don't even know. I was sixteen. I don't. I didn't care. I was just like, <laughs> I just want to go home. I want to go to Wonderland and I want to fly back. And I think the best part was like flying home, going to Wonderland, and like I had three friends with me. They were like, "We're gonna be your bodyguards." I was like, "I don't need bodyguards. I don't care." I just put on like a hat and sunglasses, walked around Wonderland and people would come up to me and they'd be like, oh my gosh, are you Penny Lexiak? And I was not supposed to be at Wonderland at the time. So I'd say like, no, but if it was a little kid, I would take a photo and I'd be like, please don't post this on Twitter right now. Like I'm not supposed to be here. And I was oh like in lines and everything and people were recognizing me and it was so weird to me, but it was honestly really fun. And then I had to fly back to Rio, carry the flag. And that was really sick. <laughs> that is an unbelievable story. Okay. I, I need you to <laughs> I, I want to be the fan the fanboy a little bit here because guys I want to be an Olympian so bad you know what I mean like I love I love playing football it's great <laughs> but if I could go out there and throw javelin for America I would do it in a heartbeat okay so I had to ask the, the Olympic Village what is it like I feel like everybody outside just wants to know what is happening in this Olympic Village Penny <laughs> you or me <laughs> my favorite part about the village was meeting the other athletes. You know what I found there was like when we got to go. Um, are y'all walking around in y'all's digs? Yeah, you got to wear the same digs. So, so the the NHL hockey yeah. players that are there. Yeah, they make they make you know fifty million bucks. They got to wear the same clothing we do, same accred, scan in. They're a part of the big team. Like when you go to sit, I don't know how it is in the summer games, but we go to the cafeteria, and you see someone else with a Canadian flag on their back. Doesn't matter what sport, overly welcoming. Like roll in. I remember one day I had lunch with like. Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, Jonathan Taves. I'm like, oh, what's up, boys? I'm like, oh, who the hell is this guy? Hey, are you a trainer? I'm like, no, I'm a curler. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, so, but that part was the best for me. Like when I went, I actually had a gap in between. So 2014, I missed, and I got to go into 18. I think we had a bit of an older team in 18 because when I went back, it was all the same athletes that were there in 2010. So it was like this big family reunion of, of Olympians. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know you were still playing. They're like, we didn't know you were still playing. So it was That's great for amazing. that. So I don't know if you if you met a bunch of cool friends at the games, Penny, when you were there. And if so, are they all back again? Have you guys been texted? Obviously with COVID, every been, everyone's been separated a bit. But you must be looking forward to getting back and seeing all your athlete buddies. Yeah, I mean, I haven't honestly talked to like anyone in a while. But um, there was one hurdler that took me like under his wing for a little bit when I was there and when I flew back home there's all these houses you can go to that are outside of the village and you can get like free stuff at them and he came up to me after I raced and everything and he's like you know you can go to the beats house and they'll give you a pair of beats for every medal you won so I was like okay dope I get four pairs of beats I don't even really wear beats or anything like that 
but uh I was like I'll take them and I was like but I'm flying home and he was like okay I'll go get them for you and then when you come back I'll just give them to you and he did and that was the best thing ever and I flew home with like five pairs of beats and I gave them all to my oh, family man. I definitely <laughs> thought you were gonna say and then he dipped out with all my uh beats headphones oh that she's just so going good. back home to no. her phrase like Oprah like you get he's Canadian you get beats. what the heck this you is get America I love that that's good Damn. so I mean like I, one, one last question one last yeah. question you know Jamaican bobsled team, you know what I mean? Old school movies, uh, Eddie the Eagle out of Calgary. Um, they always portray the Russians as just like these robots. Like, so y'all are walking around the digs. Like, do you see Russians? Like, I've always <laughs> wanted to know this. Like, do they act exactly the way they are in movies? Russians are tough. I find them, I mean, I have some Russian friends for sure, but they're, they're like, uh, you know, they're, they're straightforward and they're not the, they're not, wouldn't they say that they don't have the Canadian mentality of like, open love to people like you know i think if you get to know them but i would say they uh <clears throat> they stick to their their people and they keep it pretty tight i could just see like you walking up me like oh hey there bud and he's like move peasant <laughs> <laughs> no. no it's it's not like that if it, they're nice to canadians canadians are nice to see here's the thing me and penny were the maple leaf if you wear the u.s flag like you do people yeah. probably be dicks to you yeah probably yeah, exactly. i feel like the americans are more like that honestly Oh, man. All right, where's my Canadian? Flag? This is the best. Penny, hey, I'm dual citizen, so. Uh, that's that's awesome. But you're Penny. still but you're still talking shit about us. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's why I can. We uh we really appreciate you coming on. That's all we got for you today. We're gonna be cheering like crazy for you here in a few weeks. Uh, all the best, win or lose. You know we're behind you. Canada's behind I'll be, you. I'll be wearing my swim cap. That's right. We we appreciate you taking yes, the time. I'll send some. Yes, Thank please. you, guys. Thanks, Penny. Okay, Penny, take care. Bye. <laughs> oh, what man. beauty. Oh, my God. That was awesome. I, did, I didn't think she was going to come on talking that much trash. I didn't have anything to say back to her. Like, I wasn't ready for it. She's got that little swagger going. She's she feeling does. good about She's going like, in. I like I that. love it. Hey, I don't care what you think, and this is what I think, and that's how you can ha handle it. Hey, you Dude, know what? Can you, can you bet on the Olympics? I don't know if you can bet on the Olympics. You, sh you think you can bet on everything else. You should be able to bet on the Olympics. I think I'm going to, but you know you can't. You know you can't bet on. You know you can't bet on. You can bet on NBA Finals right now. That's still going on. On draft, you can bet. NBA Finals are on. The Larry OB Championship is going to be crowned soon, and it ain't too late to get involved. Hey, download the top-rated DraftKings app now, right now. Use the promo code Benny and Bo. Benny and Bo. Sign up for your free shot of up to five thousand dollars cash in total total prizes. Head to the DraftKings pool page. Check it out. Use the promo code again, Benny and Bo. Pick a team to win the spread, make the most three-pointers, win the fourth quarter, tons of choices to pick from. And it's up to 5,000 in total prizes if you hit the winner. Guys, that's 5,000 total prizes, and it's free to play. Eligibility restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for the details. You know that sound. You know, I know that sound. You know exactly what that is. It is time for my favorite segment, Donation Station. Uh, we, man, I, I, know, I think I've been saying this every time, but... We've been donating a lot. Yeah, we, we had a couple good hits, but I mean, we still got our NBA bets going, right? You're yeah. looking clean right now. Yeah, I got the Suns. Got the Suns. They I got mean, okay, it wasn't that hard. I had to pick out a four teams, and they were already up 2-0 in their series, so yeah. I, took, I took the Suns. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I just feel for Chris Paul. Like We had Kyle Lowry on last week, and for me, he was a guy that had been with this team for a long time. He stayed with them. They stayed with him. He stayed loyal, and he got it done. And Chris Paul, I know he's been to other teams, but he was in Houston, and I was pulling for him. And, and when I watched the series in Houston, he didn't he didn't play bad. He got injured a little bit, but yep. everybody's always blaming him. So like, I had this like soft spot in my heart. I'm like, let's get this man a championship. And I took the Bucks because I thought they were the deepest. Giannis a little bit banged up, but it looks like he's back. He's playing well, but the Suns are just looking clean. Hey, either way, here's the deal. We did pick a Bucks suns final. It's a Bucks Suns. Someone's gonna win. The only reason we did is because Kyle Lowry is like probably the Bucks and the Suns. We're like, cool, we'll take got, that. Hey, he kn he knows what's going on. So we got that. I'm never gonna bet on Wimbledon again. I'm never gonna bet on tennis again. Thank the Lord. Every my, time my, I take a tennis player, they get hurt or they. I think I'm the curse, so I'm man, staying away from that. My best friend Trey texted me and he was like, "Dude, uh, <laughs> your buddy Ben is getting screwed on these tennis bets. Oh, like every time God. he bets, the person's like, I withdraw or I'm hurt. Like, and, and here's the thing: we call it Donation Station. We have a lot of fun with it. It's not NFL yet. When it gets to the NFL. Our man knows what's up. He's got, you know, he's a football player. And I'm not going to sit here and say I've won a whole bunch of money gambling in the NFL. But I've won a bit. Yeah. But I've won a bit. So that's going to be where we shine. Hockey's tough. We're going to start dabbling into baseball here once NBA bails. But this week, we got some heat. Here's why. We got our favorite sport. 
But I mean, do you think is football your favorite sport? Depends. I mean, it's your job. My favorite sport to play. Yeah, exactly. We're going golf. We got another major championship. And here's what we're doing this week. We're going to try to make some real cash. None of this 50 pays 120. I know. I've been, <laughs> I've been taking the top tens, the top fives to yeah. try to get you guys some guarantees. Just to, just to get a little bit extra jingle in the jeans. And guess what? That hasn't been working. So we're going for the gusto. We're going uh, the Open Championship. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a favorite. We've done this before. We're going to take a favorite, a middle-of-the-road guy, and an underdog that pays huge. So favorite. Are we talking top 10? Yeah, top 10, and then yeah. a guy that's like top 15 to 30, and then someone deeper than that. You want me to start? Uh, no, no. I'll start. I'll okay, start. Okay, hit it. I'll Who start do you got? Because uh, I had y'all bet on him earlier in the year. He didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? This guy's. I'm, I'm, well, I'm looking at the top ten. Okay, I got John Rom, Rory, Brooks, Dustin, Xander, Bryson. I, I don't. I don't see it. I. You know who I see it with? A guy that hasn't been on top lately, but he's gonna get back there. You know, he's too good not to. I'm going Justin Thomas. Yeah, he's. That's, and it's plus guys. It's plus twenty two hundred on the odds. You got to take that. That's yeah. He's just he he topped one today like you did. Did he? I saw it. Wait, what do you mean like I did? Well, like how you, you mean top, like I do all the time? How you top golf balls? He actually topped one. It was it was unbelievable. Don't say it like that. So you got JT paying twenty two hundred as your favorite. Yes, that's my favorite top ten right there. Justin Thomas plus twenty two hundred. Okay, so here's who I'm going with. This guy's an absolute major killer, Doctor Swagger. Going with Brooks Kepka. He pays fourteen hundred to one. I think he's like the fifth. I couldn't go with the favorite because you always grow me when I take the favorite. Yeah. This guy's. He, I think he's. Uh, he's the fifth most favored to win it. He just came off a tied for fifth at the Travelers. He uh, he was tied for fourth at the U.S. Open and tied for second at the PGA. Look at you, man, doing, doing my research. stats. I'm doing my research. And here's the thing: it's my one cousin. He always, no matter what, doesn't matter if he's playing good, playing bad. He always sprinkles Brooks, and he's like, "I'm never not taking him." And I'm like, "Ah, he's not paying. He's not paying." But now he hasn't won one in a while. But he's he's top two. He's top three. He's top four. He's just trending. One of these times, he's going to make a couple more putts. And this could be it for Brooksy. So I'm going Brooks Kepka, fourteen hundred, hundred dollars pays fourteen hundred. I mean, I, I I feel good about that. Normally I like to talk trash about your picks, but uh, Brooks is a guy for me. If, if there's a major man, take the guys that show up. Um, so my middle of the road here, I'm going with the old uh, big tall uh, pull his foot off the the ground. Scotty, Scotty Chef, Chef dog. Yeah, he's I a player. Like, he is he is a player. I think there's a there's something that needs to be had there. You know what I mean? Like I've watched him. I know there's been a couple of final round uh, mishaps, but you know, one thing he's been doing, I haven't been paying attention to him lately, but one thing he's been doing is he keeps sneaking up on that leaderboard and I keep noticing that name up there. And I'm like, you know what, man, like he's going to, he's going to go get his, his due here pretty soon. Yeah. So, he's uh, I like that pick actually really good. I've taken him in the past. Actually, he's always in it. He's got a weird swing, but he gets it around. I like him. And Hey, he's plus 5,000. Here's who I'm going with. You ready for this action? This guy I love. He's a fan favorite. He's always uh, impossible not to cheer for. He pays 2,500 to one. Louis Oosthuizen, the South really? African. He's always good in majors, but I have, a, I have a reason for this. He's always good in majors. He was second in the U.S. Open, played great. If it wasn't for Rom, he wins. So he, yeah. played, he played amazing. He was next guy in line. But here's the one thing I like about Louis. He hits a low driver bullet, and they're playing the open. It's windy conditions. It's links. And I know there's only two of us in this booth right now, and only one of us has a low bullet. And it's me. And when it's windy out, no, I drum I, you when up. When I top it, sometimes it looks like a low bullet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going Louis Ustaz in the low bullet. Okay. 2,500 to one. I don't hate that. The only thing I don't like, he's like the old school Buffalo Bills. Like, he's always right there at the very top. And, like, you got he's got to finish it. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen it. And not only that, man. Five. Did you see the video after he lost to Phil? That was, that was last year's. The, the one with him singing in the plane. That was last year's video? But he replayed it again. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't see it. Oh, man, that was He's, so good. So it's, that's what I mean. He, he pays great. He's a lovable dude. I got to cheer for him. I like picking guys I can cheer for. He's a bridesmaid. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, this one, this is a bit of a show. We're taking, I mean, this is a dog. We're not taking a dog. This, this is a young guy. Underdog? Yeah, underdog. He's a... Uh... <sighs> this one hurts because I... Uh, it's hard for me to pick him because the whole on his swing and then the club going out and then coming back in, I, I just feel like to do that consistently four time, four rounds in a row and go out and win is very, very tough. But Matthew Wolf, he's a, he's a young guy that hits the ball far. You know what I mean? He's got the competitive edge. I feel like as he gets out there, he gets away from everything here in the States. He gets to go out there and just like 
new 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 scene go out there and try to make get, make something happen i feel like matthew wolf has a chance to get it done and again the odds like man plus 66 I, I'm, I'm an odds chaser right like i like to look at stats we are taking underdogs plus, and he plus 6600 on the odds like bet as little as you want you still get paid i love it and here i do like that pick i like matthew wolf a lot here's who i'm going with another fan favorite love picking guys i can cheer for hey do you know who's all uh like athletes that are sponsored by like Cobra Puma. So there's Bryson, there's Ricky, and there's Ben and Bo. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go. If you want to know how to top a golf ball, call me. We can I show you. you. So ambassadors for Cobra Puma, I am going to go with Ooh. the man in orange on Sunday. Yes, sir. Ricky Fowler. And here's why. A little bit of a struggle. Missed the Masters. He missed the U.S. Open as well. Didn't qualify. Took a big hit. I think he has uh, maybe been putting in a little bit more work, maybe a little bit of an eye-opening experience watching his buddies play on TV when he knows he can be there, you know, whatever it may be. He's had a few good, uh, a few good starts recently. Finished top ten at the PGA, top thirty at the Rocket Mortgage. He's making, he's made his last four cuts, and I think it's comeback season for Ricky Fowler. I don't think you're going to see him miss the U.S. Open. Missed the Masters. I think he's going to climb the ranks. I think he's ranked like 90th right now, so he's Dude, pretty low. I love it. I, I'm right there with you. You know what I love about that pick? Um, the, the I love the comment of the eye-opening experience because uh, you miss the Masters. You don't get to go. You miss the Open. I think uh, the there's a either a fight or flight kind Sometimes of thing there, right? Sometimes you don't know it's what like you have until it's gone. gone. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, man, like, oh, man, I had it last year when I was injured. Sure. You know, didn't get to play. I'm like, oh, man, I need to get back and I need to keep my, you know, keep my mojo going that's right uh I, and i think ricky i think you're right i think he has it he's back i don't think he's paying attention to as much as what's on the sidelines as he is the and, green and he never used to be an underdog but even struggling now he is and he's paying 55 to one so 100 bucks pays you 5500 on ricky fowler i mean so anytime you can get a young guy for those kind of odds man you got to go for it exactly so here we go quick wrap up donation station i got brooks kepka louis oosthuizen and ricky fowler to bring home the Claret Jug. That's right. And then Justin Thomas plus 2,200, Scotty Sheffield plus 5,500, and Matthew Wolf plus 6,600. Now, one more thing we got to talk about quick. Did you hit up and did you get to watch much of Wimbledon last week? I did, man. I did. I saw I saw Felix. I saw Chapo. Uh, I was pulling for him. I watched uh, Chapo versus uh, Djokovic. Oh, and yeah. I tell you what, man. He had him on the ropes. I tell you what, that kid has got it. He has got it, man. Like, un unfortunately, he's running into the best player. In a long time. I can't wait to see what happens when Federer, Nadal, and Joker retire from the sport. Wide open floodgates. Well, I'd love to comment on it, but... Right? Yeah, we should probably ask the... <laughs> hey, why, why would we talk about it? If we can bring in right now our next guest that we are jacked to talk about, in my opinion, the best male tennis player to ever play for Canada, ladies and gentlemen, Milos Raonic. Thank you guys for having me. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, you know, uh, getting back on it. Uh, been recovering. Uh, strained my calf a couple times leading up to Wimbledon. I was really, you know, I've had my best tennis there, and I was really hoping to be ready for it. But uh, I'm on the good run of things right now. I've been able to train, and uh, I'm hoping to be back uh, pretty soon uh, in terms of that. And hopefully I can stay on the tour for a while as well. Nice. That's awesome, man. I love it. Hey, uh, my, my best friend was a tennis player, uh, and uh, I used to have to like return to him in, in high school when he didn't have somebody to play with, and I couldn't even return him. Uh, what's the chances if you hit 10 balls as hard as you could on a serve that I touch one of them? Well, if you couldn't return his serve <laughs> and he was, had only you to practice with, I don't know how well his career... <laughs> it ended that day. That's good. Zero. Get back. But... Um, you know what? Tennis court's a pretty big court. I don't know if there's a chance you get back one because it can be uh, some dumb luck in it. But uh, I'd be pretty confident in also saying that uh, you wouldn't get any back either. I'm not talking about getting back. I'm talking about you just making contact. I'll, I got the answer. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if you think about it, at, at 10 serves for the hell of it, I'm going to hit one at you trying to hit you. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully you get the racket in front I of love it. You, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, Milos, you uh, you weren't playing this weekend. I don't know uh, if you're a big fan of tennis or a big fan of watching when you're not playing, but did you get to tune into much of Wimbledon and uh, see the success that uh, the Canadian guys had a great run? What did you think of the week? Yeah, I got to see uh, I got to see Felix play his match with uh, Matteo, which, uh, you know, Felix has been playing well, played 
finals of the first week uh, in Stuttgart on, on grass as well, and then played there, made his first quarters, you know, running into Matteo, who until the final uh, hadn't lost a match. Uh, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough ask, and I thought he did incredibly well over the over the two weeks, and then Dennis as well, making his first semi and his first quarter, making it count, giving I think Novak probably his toughest match um, throughout the two weeks. Um, you know, those guys are there knocking on it. You got these three guys that have caused hell for everybody else, but you just got to keep plugging away, keep knocking on it. And I think those two guys really did everybody proud. And it was a lot of fun for me to watch them and to watch them play so well. And, uh, you know, they're young, I think what 20 and 21 years old, or maybe turning 20 and 21 this year. Um, there's, it's really a lot of fun to watch. It's exciting, and it's really the progress they're making. They're on the right track every step of the way. Man, I, I tell you what's exciting for me. You got you got Genie, uh, you got Bianca, you got Felix Chapeau, yourself. Um, so many stars right now, young stars out there for young uh, tennis players in Canada to look up to. Like it, it's to me, it's when I think about football the same way. It's like there's a lot of stars to look up to. When I look at you guys, I'm like, man, like these guys are lucky right now. I can't, I mean, y'all might know the history better than I do as far as the old school, but uh, who was the idol that you looked up to when you were coming up? You know, uh, I played uh, on the Davis Cup team with Daniel. You know, he was there. Um, he was doing what Tom Brady's doing before Tom Brady did it. Um, you know, I think he played till maybe 44 years old. Um, he was what I looked up to. He was, uh, I think he got it. Uh, to around 60 in the world in singles. He was a number one player in doubles. He's got a gold medal. I think he has eight or seven Grand Slam championships uh, in doubles. So for me, he was the Canadian I looked up to. And uh, it's important to have somebody because that belief that, hey, as a Canadian, I can succeed at tennis goes a long ways. Um, it's, it's about those days where you're like, I'm tired. I don't want to get up early. But if you have a system and a process you believe in, it makes those days a lot easier and you get a lot more out of those days. And if you really want to be one of the best at something, you got to be able to pull something out of each and every day. And so I think that kind of belief and that kind of system goes a long ways and it makes a big difference. So you talked about the Davis Cup teams. How much do you think uh, Felix and Chapel have learned from you by playing? I know you guys have had some good success on those teams. I know you guys are competitors, but playing with each other, you guys bring out the best in each other, being from that same nation and playing on those teams? Yeah, it, it, makes, a, it makes a big difference. Um, you know, first time I saw Felix play, I think it was, I was at the National Center in Montreal. You know, before I turned 16, we never really had a National Center. We had a few centers around Canada, but never where you'd put a collection of the best players together to drive and uh, push each other day in and day out. So I was there 16, 17. I think maybe the first time I saw Felix, he was 11, maybe even 10 or 11 years old, um, working out there with his father. And then you see, like, you get to see every day, hey, this is what those guys are doing. This is what works. This is what I need to ask myself every day. Having that reference point and having that sort of accountability goes a long ways. And when you can see that around you, it makes a big difference. And I think for me, it made a big difference when I was sort of starting to break through little by little, but I wasn't making any big jumps and leaps like these two young guys have at such an early age. And for me, it was when I got out on tour because as a competitor, you compare, you know, you don't just think of like, hey, I'm in my own bubble. At the end of the day, you got to go out and play against these guys. You got to compete against these guys. So you compare. So you, you want to be able to say, hey, I'm the hardest worker out there because I'm the one doing everything I can to give myself the best chance. And that was something that pushed me was the fear that there might be somebody else out there doing more than me or the fact that maybe I didn't do everything I could. And once you have that reference point, it goes a long way. And, and then also Dennis did a little bit more on his own. His mom is such an instrumental part of his uh, career and his success. But I think he always had that proximity to it, like, hey, this is what it takes. And his mom was a former player as well. So I think you you need that baseline. You need that threshold that you know that you're comparing yourself with because if you're going to be honest, you know, it's easy to lie to yourself. But if you see somebody else out there four hours, Absolutely. five hours, six hours, and you're like, hey, I really busted my butt for three hours, you're like, yeah, but that's not four, five, six. And four, five, six across a week is like 10 plus hours across a year. That's a, Those things add up quickly. So you need that kind of reference point. 
I love it. These numbers guys like myself, I agree, man. The belief is so huge. I mean, right now I look at it. It's like we are in one of the greatest eras ever of men's tennis. Um, you know, you've got, you've got the big three that have been dominating for so long with Joker, Rafa, and Federer. But what I want to know is when these guys are gone, is it a free-for-all? Is it time? Is there Are there people that are instantly, here's probably number one, number two, number three? Or is there going to yeah, be an adjustment I period think there? Gonna, no, I, think it's, I don't think it's an instant one, two, or three. And I think there's going to be fluctuations. I think what these guys had is, you know, when Roger won his first slam, it took him, okay, he got it up about it pretty quickly because I think four different guys won their first slam that year. And I believe it was 2003. And once he got there, then the next year he won three in a row, but he was able to step into it. I think Rafa was winning slam after slam year after year and was like six years number two in the world, you know, before he really broke through. So these guys have really set a whole other threshold. I think after these guys stop, it is going to be like happy hunting season for a bunch of people because <laughs> yeah. you see, you like just like you saw this weekend, you see Novak and you're like, okay, these guys are there with him. They're pushing him, but you always sort of feel like Novak will figure this out. You know, there's sort of that looming thing. And Dennis was the one that got the closest to him. But, you know, towards the second and third set, you just sort of feel like there was a little bit of a distancing. But I think Dennis had the best possibility of anybody to change that sort of storyline for Novak. But you still feel it there. And I think that next group, there's not going to be that. There's You're going to have similar to what Dominic team had last year. He won his first slam and now he's sort of gone away a little bit, struggled with injuries, but you get that euphoria. Like, Hey, you've completed a childhood goal. It's hard to haul ass the next day and be like, Hey, now I got to get back on court six hours. Yeah. But since these guys are going for number 20, 21, 22, you know, Novak won the French open. And I think within three days he was back on grass practicing again because he's like, yeah, winning French open to get to 19 isn't enough. I got to get to Wimbledon, get to 20. I got to find a way to get to the U S open, get to 21. So I think you're going to have a lot of guys yeah. playing for the first and second. Like once these three guys stop, if things are like they are right now, yeah. I don't think there's another player it's, other than Murray that has more than two slams. It's almost like uh, it's almost like as soon as Tom Brady retires, all the QBs are like, finally, we can go win a Super Bowl now. It's going to be you're going to see it be like golf. <laughs> other than, other than uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> you got a sports guy That's here. I love what I'm it. talking about. Well, in, in like golf, in golf, the top three guys every week. I mean, there, there's winners that are the top 30, 40 ranks every week. Some of the top guys don't make the cut. Yeah, I'd love to see yeah. that in tennis. I mean, these guys have dominated for so long, opened the door for you know everyone else to start winning. A little more, more unpredictable out there too. Maybe good for drafting. Yeah, but don't, 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 don't. These you gotta appreciate these guys. Oh, I do. Be, you know, Absolutely. we 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 won't. We didn't think Sampras was gonna get past that 14. Now you have three guys that have passed him like six yeah, times yeah. over. Very true. At 20, and you're sort of everybody's assuming that number is going to keep growing pretty quickly again. I was talking about that today, about how when we, we grew up watching Agassi and Sampras, that no one ever thought they'd break Sampras's record. Now three guys broke it by six. I didn't think that was, yeah, Sampras yeah. was my idol. I was like, yeah, like, oh yeah, Roger's here. You know, he's at five, six, five, six is a whole other ball game for 14. And now 20 is a whole other game for ball to, uh, from 14 as well. That's uh, crazy. So Milos, uh, Big topic. Olympics are coming up. Obviously, I know you must be pretty disappointed to not be able to go back. You know, we would have loved to cheer you on. You know, uh, would have had a decent chance, I think, of, of uh, competing and winning a medal. Uh, why do you think uh, you're seeing a lot of the top dogs uh, not participate in coming out this year? Just health reasons with COVID or it's a good time, I know, in pro sport for guys to heal up their injuries as well, too, eh? Yeah, for us, tennis is very demanding in the summer. Um, I think you have other sports where hockey, uh and uh, which is a whole other time, but you have basketball as well, where it's a down season. So guys can sort of play through it. Uh, I think tennis is a bit tough because you got to go over to Japan. You got to come right back. You got to play in Toronto. You got to play in Cincinnati. You got to play US Open right after that. And this is, mind you, this is right after you just played two Grand Slams and all the stuff that came before them. It's not like we just show up for 14 tournaments a year. You know, there, we can play about 16 tournaments and you have some guys that play up to 28. So I think Man. that's a tough ask. I think the conditions are going to be tough. I know I wasn't going through the little minute details because COVID didn't keep me away. Me without being able to play since March kept me away from uh, that decision. But there was minute details. They're like, you got to pack your own food. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they won't feed us on a plane? No, you got to pack your own food because once you land, you have to do a PCR test and you might be waiting at an airport seven hours 
before oh, you can man. go to your hotel. And this is after probably an 11 hour flight to get to uh, Tokyo. So little things like this, yep. I think they add up. And I, the Olympics is still going to be the Olympics, just like we didn't think last year's U.S. Open in tennis was going to be the U.S. Open Australia. All these things are still living up to what they are. I think some little factors and sort of them compiling on and on and on uh, have maybe influenced some people's decisions. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I got a quick a quick one for you. I'll, I'll end you with this kind of a kind of a dumb one here. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very particular about my footballs. Like, you know, okay. I, I want to make sure they're good. I'll, I'll check everyone for the game. Um, I, I Every time I watch the kids throw the balls, you got, you know, three of them, whatever. You look through, you pick two, throw one in your pocket. Uh, are y'all using a brand new tennis ball every single serve? Or is there like 12 that are in rotation for the match? No. So six balls are always used on a tennis court. And they get changed to brand new balls after seven games the first time and then after nine games after that. So oh. you got six balls maximum. So for myself, with a big serve, I want a ball as new as possible. It means the ball's a little bit smaller. All the fluff around the ball hasn't come up and yep. gotten bigger. Some guys you might want that have a, you know, a heavier ball. Like I, I believe Lendl back in the day when they used to wear those short shorts, <laughs> he would keep a ball in his pocket to an important point. So it's sucking up all that sweat. So it's an important point, like a break point, and he'd only use wow. it then because oh. the other guy, when you're returning, you don't know what ball that guy picked, and you got this heavy ball where, yeah, it's a small difference, but small differences add up. But all of a sudden, you got a heavy ball and a break point, and you think you're, like, swinging, and your ball's barely going anywhere. Oh. And you're like, this guy kept it wow. close to the thighs, slipping up all this sweat. Trust me, you don't want to be holding that ball probably when it comes around. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm the glad old, I asked it. Then. The deflate gate. The deflate <laughs> gate of tennis. I love it. Just poke a little, poke a little hole balls. in the ball, yeah. That's good. Well, hey, Milos, we don't want to take too much of your time, but we really appreciate you coming on, man. All the best in your recovery. We can't wait to get you, uh, get you back on the court and cheer you on, brother. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it, and thank you guys for having me. Thanks, brother. You're Thanks, the, man. You're the man. That was great. Damn. Wow. Milos Brownish. <laughs> Penny Alexiak, thank you to DraftKings, Uninterrupted Canada, Forty Creek, Check us out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Like, subscribe, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, hit us up on socials, TikTok, Instagram, everything. At Benny Heaves, at Bully by Mitchell. Shoot us emails, Benny and Bo, uninterrupted.com. Thank you to everybody. Benny, great show. Milos, Penny, thank you guys. Couple weeks, next time. You've been listening to The Benny and Bo Show, a presentation of Uninterrupted Canada.